One of the reasons I love my car is because it has almost no blind spots. And when I drive, I hate it when I look in the blind spot and I, I look behind me and because of the blind spot, I can't see the car coming. We all have blind spots in many areas of our life. But when it comes to the microscopic sounds that are seeping out in your voice, everyone hears it and processes it subconsciously, yet 99% of the time you can't hear it, so you can't identify it. But we've got to shift the foundation of where those sounds come from. That's what I'm talking about today. I think you're gonna like this episode and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome everyone. So happy to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Today you're going to hear some of the things that I've spoken about before, but also some things that I want you to ponder. The title of this episode is Everyone Hears It. So you know I'm going to be diving into some of the things that I hear and everything that I hear and identify, they hear as well. Very quickly, I want to let you know that I am doing a virtual retreat. Many of you met with me in the cities that I came to. If I came to your city and spent the day with me and those retreats were amazing. But I've decided to do a virtual version for those of you that maybe are in cities that I didn't come to or countries I haven't come to yet. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to spend the day with me. Very small group, limited number of spots available. CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash virtual retreat. We are going to be focusing on specifically what you need. It might be your your voice around sales. It might be your voice around conflict. It might be, it will all be centered around psychology of the voice, but it is going to be very specific to what you need to take your business, your relationships, your life to the next level. Authenticity and connection are key going into 2024. Your voice, it's no longer about seeking attention. It is all about connection. And your voice plays a crucial role in that. So I hope you'll consider joining me. CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash virtual retreat, limited availability. Go check that out now. Now, psychology of the voice, for those of you who have never heard me talk about it, is my signature methodology that I created over 20 years ago. And it came out of research, but ultimately became about the things that I could hear in voices 
and with 100% accuracy identify. It all went back to our voices having a psychological piece that was calling the shots. Voice stories is the first piece that I identified based on things that I heard in people's voices. I could hear when someone had a lot of siblings. I could hear when someone was a bother to their parents. I could hear these sounds and every single time the sounds led me to certain questions and those certain questions to whoever had the sounds were to verify that I was hearing what I thought I was hearing. The beginning stages of this work came off of dialects, teaching dialects to actors and taking dialects away from business people, which is what we used to do. We don't do that anymore. But psychology of the voice was born. And then very, very shortly after that, when I was working with business people and entrepreneurs, one of the very first people that came to work with me, I had been working with actors a lot. I was teaching for Mike Nichols School, some businesses. It was this man named Bill. Perhaps you've heard me tell the story. And he wanted to command more authority in his office space. And his voice was really very, very quiet and small. Now, nothing's bad about this. But when I heard Bill say to me, I said, hey, Bill, it's Tracy. So nice to meet you when I met him. And he and he's big linebacker size guy. In this very, very small voice, he says, it's very nice to meet you too. And I, I did not know why, but I said to him, Bill, do you have siblings? And his response was, I have six older sisters. I knew in that moment when I heard that quiet voice that there had been a lot of loud people around Bill and a lot of loud people saying things like, why are you so loud? Why are you bothering us? The subconscious then takes that information and starts to minimize and reduce Bill's sound. I didn't know why in the moment that I asked him about siblings, but that was really the beginning of what would become what I now term voice stories. Talking really fast, talking really fast. I've worked with a lot of people and they were talking really fast. There was one woman in particular, she talked really fast and I, and I was trying to get her to slow down and everything was fast and she was trying to get somewhere. And I knew she validated it when I asked her the question, but I knew she was the middle child. How did I know that? Because she had to hurry up and say her words because her sisters, again, sisters on either side, were going to cut her off and talk over her. Needing to prove is another sound. And this comes from a, a, almost an arrogant, it's almost an arrogant sound. And I don't, I, I hear the sound that is kind of a know-it-all. It's kind of a, oh yeah, oh, showboating almost. Almost to the point of how dare you insinuate I don't know needing to prove. Needing to prove coming from an insecurity. And every single time when I ask the question to the person, it turns out that they spent their entire life trying to prove their worth to someone. Worth is at the bottom of it all. Rejection and fear of that is at the bottom of it all. Judgment. 
so many things underneath these sounds that as soon as I hear these sounds, I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm up against. And there's really no substitute for psychology of the voice. There's there's no sort of hear and sort of do a technique combination. No, it's, well, I tested these patterns for 10 years. And honestly, I wanted to prove that I was wrong. I wanted to prove that what I was able to identify is not at all what people were processing in their subconscious. So yeah, psychology of the voice, the first part is about what's going on in you. The second part is about what do they hear? What I call out, they hear. And I really wanted to be wrong. I went to do this training, and I think you've heard me tell the story about the young man who rattled off a role play, and I identified that his heart was broken, and he fell in love, and he moved to Texas, and he wanted to move back to Maryland, and all this stuff that I could hear, and I could discern what it was, what the story was behind it, where the wound was based on what I heard. That's my superpower, and that's the power of the work and where we have to work from. Because whatever I identify, they hear it and they decide who you are based on those sounds. Here's something I want you to realize. You can't hear these sounds. You may hear something like, I don't like the way I sound. You can't hear these sounds because of the blind spots that you have, but they can't un hear those sounds. Think about yourself. Have you heard someone's voice? Have you had an interaction with someone and you thought, oh, I don't know how I feel about that person or man, he's hard to connect with. You can't unhear that. Now that doesn't mean that that person can't ultimately turn that around in your subconscious and what you've decided about those sounds but it's so much more work than establishing that real version of you, that connection version of you from the start. And we can't just, like I've said, pile on more stuff. Well, I'm just going to be confident. Well, I'm just going to practice. Well, but what are you practicing? The internal, the, the foundation is a foundation of sand that you're working with, which is interesting that I call it a foundation of sand because of the sounds that I hear are a size of a grain of sand, but we have to shift that sand and get you more solid footing so that you are working from a different place to create the sounds that represent who you are, not the stories you believe you are. Now, are you, is needing to prove going to work for you? Well, it'll work for a time to a degree, but it is not going to be the good long game because it is not fully reflective of the best version of who you are. And that's what we're chasing, the best version of who you are. And there's only one way to fix this. Here's the biggest problem. You don't hear it. Many, many, many times people will say to me, I'll never hear voices the same again after working with you, Tracy. 
And I will point something out and people don't hear it. They don't hear it within themselves because we all have blind spots. I have blind spots. That's why I hire coaches. The only way to fix this is we have to change how you relate to the experience that created the sound differently. We have to shake and and restructure the entire foundation. We have to shift the entire structure that lies underneath your voice. And this is why technique won't work. This is why practice won't work. We have to relate to our experiences differently because it is those experiences that created the psychology of the voice that are calling the shots. And so the problem becomes, you think you're doing one thing, you're relating to your experiences one way, and by relating to those experiences one way, you have created protection mechanisms of sounds that don't fully represent you or don't represent you at all, they hear those sounds. And this is what I teach judges and entrepreneurs and professionals and celebrities is how to shift this foundation, shift and change this structure and relate to these experiences differently. Because the subconscious really doesn't want you to relate to them differently. The subconscious wants you to stay protected behind the six layers of sound that exist before that seventh layer of sound exists. And in that seventh layer of sound is where your real voice is. But there's in that six layers above that seventh layer, all these experiences and the sounds that go with them are very, very, very subtle. And people are processing these unconsciously, but they are processing them. Your buyer, your boyfriend, your boss. And it can't be a conceptual thing. It can't be a technical thing. It can't be a big picture thing. It definitely can't be a one size fits all thing. So we can't say, okay, We've all got stories and we're all going to shift these things a certain way and we're all going to slow down and pause. No, it's a personal thing because every single sound of protection that they're processing, and it is about protection, tells a story. It tells a story about you. When I hear certain sounds, I can instantly identify, oh, you think you're bothering me? Are you trying to get the words right? Analytical thinker. Somebody asked me the other day, I was doing a training and they said, can you give me an example of this or an example of that? And I said, I was talking actually about outcome driven. And I said, outcome driven isn't a bad thing, but there's a very specific sound in outcome driven that makes it impossible for me to connect with you Right now, I'm hoping that I'm making it possible for you to connect with me. I'm inviting you in. But an outcome-driven person, problem solver, no nonsense, get it done. They're going to be talking somewhere else. And it's not even about fast. They do tend to go faster, but they're already in the outcome. And you don't even know where the outcome is, but they're over there. And you're trying to figure out, why can't I connect with this person? It's a sound. It is a sound. And it tells a story. There's a story that says, I have to make sure they understand that I know what I'm talking about. I have to hurry up and get them a result so they'll think I'm good at what I do. 
And it is all these nuanced sounds that keep you from making an impact or it, it keeps your impact non-existent or it keeps you from the true impact that you can make. If you're wondering why your words don't seem to matter and people aren't hearing what you say, it is because of microscopic nuanced sounds that even they can hear. They can hear the wound. They can't even identify it, but it becomes a repellent. It becomes, uh, I don't know, I can't quite connect with him. They're not identifying sounds the way I do, but they are 100% processing them. So if you want to make maximum impact, if you're the kind of person that believes your words matter, your words might matter. You might want to impact. I'm not even talking about in the workplace. That could be true or with your career, could be to your family, could be to your friends. It might be to your million person audience. But for many of you, you just want to make an impact on your family, on your community. I think everybody does. I think truthfully that that for some people, yeah, we want to leave this huge legacy and touch all these lives. For some people, they just want their children to listen to them. And it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But what does matter is if the wound is in the way. And what are they hearing? I remember working with a very successful man one time. And we worked on work stuff, but I'll never ever forget the day that he talked to me about his daughter and how his daughter didn't want anything to do with him anymore. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about how you talk to her. How might you say something to her that would upset her and cause her to not want to talk to you again? And he started doing this thing where he was overcompensating. He was, he was overcompensating like, yeah, I totally think that's a great idea. And she could hear that he was compensating because he was on eggshells and he didn't really want to say, he knew he couldn't say, that's not the best way to go with this. And so there was this compensation. It wasn't real. And she knew it, but she didn't know it. She could process it subconsciously. And I said to him, exactly. I said, why are you on eggshells? She doesn't believe that you really do believe in her. And it was because of the compensation that he was making in his voice. How many times have you been on eggshells? How many times have you thought, I've got to alter how I'm going to say this so it will be received? That's exhausting. They hear all the manipulation that you're doing to get them to receive the message and they know it, and so they're not going to receive the message. I call this poking holes. It's a protection mechanism, but I call it, there are holes in your voice that allow them to poke through, that allow them to go, yeah, I'm not buying that. I think you're patronizing me, dad. I don't think you really believe that I can do it, dad. And you know, sometimes, well, a lot of times when I work with people, I work with them in, from, from their companies or from their, their entrepreneurs, and a lot of times, we end up talking about their families because those things are really personal to you. And at the end of the day, your voice is your voice. And I want you to be able to use it 
everywhere. There are so many things that are, we all, we all hear them. Some of them are obvious to us when we hear them in other people, like asking for permission. When I turn things to a question, when I, or maybe when I have a vocal fry and the sound's really stuck in the back of my throat, when somebody's sound is stuck in the back of their throat, I know they're in brace mode. Well, it depends on the exact, when I hear the sound, there are a couple of different nuances, but chances are good. They're in brace mode. Chances are good. They're holding back their ideas because they're afraid they're going to be judged. They don't think people are going to buy in. They think they're bothering people. Those are exactly what's happening when I hear those sounds. And I can identify those sounds within seconds. What does that tell me? That tells me everyone else can too. Just like the young man whose heart was broken because he fell in love with some girl and he moved down to Texas to be with her. That's a sound. It's a sound of a broken heart. And that broken heart sound is going to limit you if it's in your sound when you ask for the promotion. And I'm not saying you can't have a broken heart. And I'm not saying that sound can't exist. But what happens when it exists forever? And I find that happens a lot. I can tell exactly when people have had a lot of therapy or they've done a lot of coaching because their mind doesn't line up with their sounds. The sounds have to be moved out of the muscle memory. And sometimes there's no sounds at all. Sometimes it's someone who has suffered in silence because they've been looked over so many times. And I can hear that too. The minute you don't say anything, I know you're holding back because you don't think what you have to say matters. It's those sounds that are costing you. It's costing you in the subconscious of your buyer, of your listener, of your boss, but it's costing you so much more. It's costing you internal freedom, internal freedom and peace and ease when you know you've got to go deliver that presentation or you know you've got to have that conflict or you know you've got to tell one of your employees something and they're not going to like it, but you can go and you can do it and you can do it with a pure sound. You can do it with honesty and integrity. You can do it from a place of compassion because you're not working from your own stuff anymore. You're not working from your own insecurities and you're not working from what you think you have to be, and you're not working from the voice stories anymore once we reestablish that foundation that you're working from. That's where confidence comes from. It comes from the inside. It comes from knowing where I'm working from and I'm not working from. You have to like me in order for me to be good enough, in order for me to be worthy. No. The freedom to be able to say what you need and want to say is gold. To be free, to be all the shades of you, is what I'm chasing. Because every time we start altering, like the story of the man, every time we start altering motive, altering agenda, altering, trying to control the outcome, we start altering the sound and we give the power away. People are more clever than we give them credit for. I want you to understand 
that they subconsciously process all your voice stories because they're hearing the voice habits that were left behind. So we have to look at how can we relate to these stories differently, understand what is actually coming through. What are the grains of sand size sound that are coming through? Because it's only when we can remove those sounds and the protection that we can stop holding back. What are you protecting yourself from? I think the more I do the research and the more I study, psychology of the voice is really about, yeah, it's about identity, but it's about the wound. It's about the wound. And oftentimes it's about the wound we didn't even know was there or the wound that we thought, you know what, I'm over that. And you're not. And there's a voice habit, meaning a sound that they can hear that exposes it again and again and again. And so you think that wound is healed up and it's in your sound, that fear of rejection or that needing to prove or that I'm not letting these people in under any circumstances. And they give you a response back based on those sounds that you don't even know are there. And it rips the wound wide open because you're not getting what you want. You didn't get Friday off. You didn't get the promotion. You didn't cut the deal. You didn't make the sale. You didn't get the team to listen to you. No, they talked about you behind your back. You didn't get the video deal. You didn't get the podcast interview. You didn't get something. And it's because of those sounds that then rip that wound open again. And here we go. We start all over. Let me have some stories that create some sound that they process and give me what I don't want. But you know what happens in the subconscious when we do that? The subconscious says, good, because the subconscious then knows you're safe. It's in those nuances of the psychology of the voice that the damage is done. And that's kind of dramatic, but it's kind of true. Because if you're not getting what you want, sure, there's other factors that play into this. But my first question is, what are they hearing in your voice? Takes a highly skilled surgeon to slide in there and slice away those sounds that are creating so much pain for you. It's not as simple as saying, okay, what are they hearing? Because you may not even think you are putting sounds out, but look internally. I gave this assignment to one of my groups the other day. I said, what sets you off? Well, the guy that thinks he knows everything. Okay. What sets you off? That may be a button that has a wound that keeps getting exposed through microscopic sounds and everyone can hear it but you. We have to sew up those wounds and we have to rewrite and and dismantle and, and shift the foundation that you're working from. What is the foundation that you're working from? Safety, protection, having to control the outcome, making people like you, getting the words right, saying nothing at all because you believe at this point in the game that no one would listen anyway. And if you believe that, guess what? 
everyone hears it. So when you wonder why they don't listen, it's probably because you're telling them not to in microscopic nuanced sounds. Now, not consciously, but subconsciously. And your subconscious and your psychology of the voice, all the components of it, calling the shots on how fast people respond, react, are captivated. If they do, if they take the action that you inspire them to do, or if they even listen at all. So you can't just ask yourself, what sounds do I need to change? We have to dig deeper than that. We have to start with that foundation that we have to shift. Because whatever's in it, and it doesn't matter how many years of working on yourself, how many years of psychology of the voice have you done? And even technique won't get to the bottom of what's spilling out in microscopic sounds. That's where the magic happens. And that is 100% where the freedom lies, where the ease is. And I want my people approaching conversations with ease. I'm going to be doing a couple of episodes about this, and it's, it's going to get real important. What I'm saying is going to get real important. Well, it always was, but it's going to get even more important based on the data that I'm seeing. I'm about to drop some bombshell data on you, some from my research studies, some from research studies you didn't even know I was doing. Your voice just became even more critical. And everything you thought you knew about using it, my data is going to show you is wrong. It's an inside job. We have to shake this foundation. What drives you crazy? What sets you off and shifts you vocally? Think about that question. And I'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.